Hello, amigos. Hello, my friends. This is Billy Shane, your bass player. You're listening to me right here on Focus on Metal. Hey Metalheads, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another bonus episode of Focus on Metal. That's right, as uh, those of uh, many of you anyways continue to be shut in day after day, week after week as we go through this COVID-19 crisis, we have continued to try to bring us bonus episodes whenever we can. And uh, once again, uh, we're doing it. You know, last weekend we brought you a quick talk with uh, with Nita Strauss, and this weekend uh, we're bringing you a talk with Dean Budnick, bringing us some uh, some pretty good information as we sit at home and wonder what is going to be going on in the concert industry. And so, for those of you guys that aren't uh, aware of who Dean Budnick is, he's an author, filmmaker, college professor. He uh, does podcasts, he's on the radio, all that good stuff. And he's also an East Coast guy, very cool as well. But uh, back in 2012, uh, he had written a book called Ticket Masters, The Rise of the Concert Industry and How the Public Got Scalped. And uh, he has become uh, pretty much a, a much-wanted speaker all about the uh, the ticket and concert industry. And we do have uh, a show that we just haven't aired yet where Dean is going through a whole bunch of the different machinations of the concert industry. Kind of a thing that's always interesting to everybody out there that's wondering where their ticket dollars are going. But, uh, you know, in, in this time right now, people are wondering if they even spent their ticket dollars wisely and, and will any of those ticket dollars come to fruition and what's going to happen with the industry and, and all that good stuff. Lots of questions, you know, even recently in the news with Ticketmaster and they're, you know, talking about their new policies with refunds and all that stuff. So uh, Richie had a great idea to get a hold of Dean and have him come on the show and take uh, take time on a bonus episode to give his opinions about what's going to really happen with the concert industry, what we should expect, and, and just kind of his views as, a, as an insider and not someone who's out here just postulating like you or me. Wondering what the heck's going on. This is a guy that really knows how all this stuff works. So if you've bought concert tickets and you're wondering whether or not, you know, that concert in July or September or October uh, is going to be happening, then, uh, you know, you might be interested in what's going to be discussed on this bonus episode of Focus on Metal. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to uh, to Richie and our special guest this weekend, Dean Budnick. Oh, is that Dean? Yes. Hi, Dean. It's Richie here. So... How are, you, how are you holding up, stuck at home? Yeah, you know what? A lot of times for me, I find that it's not a challenge, as much of a challenge it is for a lot of my peers, because there are plenty of times I work out of my home office, and I write out of here, and I do some editing out of here. Uh, obviously, I miss the shows above all else, but once you get past that, uh, I don't find it all that confining, although it's just so difficult and so miserable for so many people. Hmm. That there's that part of it too, which informs, I think, how I view the world. But you know, where I am, I live out near the woods. Things are quiet, and in that respect, I'm doing okay. Thank you. Good, good. So I want to talk about what's happening now with the concert industry, because of course, with COVID nineteen, there's nothing happening. Um, how do you think the industry is handling itself at the moment when it comes to public perception? 
Well, I mean, listen, I, I think everyone is very, I think most people, let me just say that, are very empathetic in thinking of all of the various parties who are involved, the musicians who obviously can't play, the crew members, sort of the, you know, the men and women behind the scenes who have their own series of issues and aren't necessarily the, the faces of the touring industry, but help the, but make it all happen, you know, put it all, put it all into motion. I think people are empathetic towards them. I think people understand that we can't have shows now. And no matter how much, like me, presumably you would like to be out seeing some amazing, inspiring live music, you know, even though we can't, I think people are getting past that. I, I will say, or I think there is some frustration, particularly given the economic challenges that a lot of people are facing at this time is over the question of whether they can receive refunds for, for money they've already paid out for tickets to shows that technically haven't been canceled, but just have been postponed. And as a result, both through markets like StubHub and also through Ticketmaster, at least at this time, that money isn't being refunded. And I know that's making some people a little anxious. Mm. Now, I'm going to give you a scenario, and you can tell me why this doesn't happen. So why, with, with everything that's going down, why isn't the concert canceled? Then they figure out what's going on, and then they reschedule from the ground up. Why, why doesn't that happen? I think there are a lot of complicated elements to that. I think some of them involve the nature of the contract. I think some of that, I think some of it, involves the nature of the insurance and so what might happen as a result and listen as a practical matter some of it has to do with the flow of money and the fact that if a concert is canceled right that does require in most every instances a full refund but if it is postponed uh, technically if you look at the if you look at the nature of the ticketing agreement, the the, the, con, the the contract between, you know, whoever is doing the ticketing, whether it's primary or secondary, and the individual who purchases the ticket, if the show is postponed, that doesn't necessarily trigger an immediate refund. And I'm, I'm not here to suggest, by the way, that anyone's getting rich off this, you know, Live Nation, Ticketmaster, StubHub. There are a lot of, you know, people who are uh, lower level people, not just executives, who are working there. And I think some of those funds, and by the way, some of those funds go to the, you know, promoters, you know, not just the big promoters like, like Live Nation or AEG, but some of those funds are directed, you know, to the, to smaller independent entities, firms, individuals who are doing their best to put on shows and they're trying to pay all of their people and continue paying right now, you know, to, to hold the venue. So there's a lot going on there, even though, listen, I think that if you were to ask most ticket holders, would they prefer to have a cancellation and get their money back? I believe the answer is yes. Mm. I read an article yesterday in the Chicago Tribune, and it was all about fans being frustrated that they weren't being offered refunds because they're hurting for money. And some of these concerts are not cheap. They could be thousands of dollars tied up in, in gigs and they don't know when it's going to be rescheduled. And w a couple of things that came out of it, I, I figured I'd ask your opinion on. Apparently Ticketmaster 
they've changed their cancellation policy to say you only get a refund if it's cancelled. And it used to say if it was postponed, rescheduled or cancelled. Yeah, I mean, what Ticketmaster has said about that is that always was the policy and they were simply clarifying the language on their website. Now, whether you want to believe that or not, I think is a little bit up in the air and I'm not convinced it wasn't as consistent across the board in terms of the way they're handling it now. But yeah, again, I can understand why individuals are frustrated. Remember this too. It's not that Ticketmaster is holding all of this money. When something like this happens, when you, when you, when Ticketmaster sells tickets to a show, more often than not, in almost all of the cases, those funds go to the promoter who's ever putting on the show. So it could be Live Nation, it could be AEG, um, you know, it could be whomever, another planet, it could be a smaller, even smaller promoters, independent promoters out there in the world. And so those are the individuals who are holding, who are, hold, who, who are holding that money. And so then, you know, that, that becomes a little trickier just as a practical matter in terms of Ticketmaster clawing back that money from them and then redistributing redist- redist- it. Although, again, I think that most members of the general public, most people who hold tickets, would like to see that come to pass. Mm. And then you have StubHub's refund policy. Um, they're now giving coupons back and not offering a money refund. Yeah. See, now maybe that's the one that, I'm, that I find a little bit that I find perhaps the most frustrating for people who purchase their their tickets, because I mean that's purely in, in StubHub's case. You know, they're not necessarily supporting the broader uh, environment of live music, right? They're just sort of on the outskirts on some level. And that money was, was spent on the tickets. That money was then distributed to all of the individuals who resold the tickets. And I just think, unfortunately, it's really complicated for StubHub in terms of bringing, get, taking that money back from all of those other individuals. And I think the, the monetary value is so high that StubHub simply doesn't have that money right huh? now, which is a little disconcerting. Hmm, hmm. Now, I made, I made a joke early in the year that the only two bands that weren't touring in 2020 before all this went down were the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And now you've all of the concerts are cancelled and they're going to be rescheduled. Now, that that's going to cause a major issue in a market that's already oversaturated with touring bands. I think there is no question about that. Let's assume, I think it's realistic to assume that touring is not going to ramp up until the fall. Uh, I know there are plenty of, there are a large number of tours that still haven't canceled, uh, you know, summer, summer amphitheater shows, but I, I think that's inevitable personally. And I, I, from what I understand and listening to some people sort of behind the scenes talk about it, I think that's looming. And then, okay, particularly when you're talking about bands that play amphitheaters, right? Then you're going to go, you're going to move into the fall. And not only are all these artists competing with one another, right? And there's oversaturation, but you lose all the amphitheaters out there. And so if, if you're, if you're, pl- if you want to play to, let's say, eight to 20,000 people, you have to do so in arena. Well, then in the fall, assuming everyone can go out and congregate together, you have competition from just to, just to even secure the the slots, the dates. You have com- you have competition with the NBA. You have competition 
with the NHL, just to be able to find, you know, uh, an open date, let's say at Madison Square Garden or wherever, you know, Oracle Arena, wherever you're going to be around the country. So I do think it's going to be a challenge. I think it's going to be hard for festivals. There are only so many weeks. If you're an outdoor festival, there are only so many weekends available in, let's say, late August, or I think more realistically, September into October before it's cold outside. So, you know, the, the weather turns and there's maybe six weeks, let's say, in there and plenty of festivals that are trying to trying to re, reschedule. So I, I do think it's 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 a it's a big old cluster. And that cluster F, and we'll we'll see where uh, we'll see where it goes. But I, I do think it could be. It's certainly going to have a negative impact on the bands because there's only again, even if you're just at a club, how many times you know? How, think of all the clubs like you suggested. Like, you know, think of all the the bands that are canceling club shows and then want to reschedule for the fall. How's that going to happen? And then you know, you can only even though people want to go out and support their favorite acts, what are you going to do when there are three of them playing in proximity to one another? I, I don't know. I think it's really, really complicated. And um, it's going to be a trying time for, uh, for a lot of people, both bands, but certainly the live entertainment industry as a whole as well. Mm. Now, just say some of these events, they need to join the dots to go from city to city. And they try and do it and they find that certain cities they can't have the concert where they want to. I'll give just say the Motley Crue tour, for example. A lot of those stadiums are baseball stadiums. So with baseball ramping up again, the baseball team is going to look at that and say, "I'm sorry, we can't give that day over to a concert. We need to play." Now, would it get to a stage where they'd look at that and there'd be so many open dates that are that they can't play on that they could cancel the whole tour? Could that happen? There is no question that could happen but what i would think would happen is they would try to find alternative venues in such a case like maybe move shows to um let's say from baseball football stadiums right because football stadiums are unoccupied during the week except for maybe like practice right but baseball stadiums where you know you have people playing sometimes seven days a week uh maybe six um or right so then you move maybe you take like three shows at a baseball stadium and then move it to a larger size venue like a football stadium and do one um or i mean listen this is what agents do for a living i do think it's possible with some creative work that you can just reroute the tour around around that and maybe just you know jigger rejigger the size too or maybe you drop into a smaller like a minor league baseball stadium a minor league ballpark and do a couple other, you know, fill-in dates ar- around markets. I mean, the, the one thing that I know agents like to do is solve those little problems. And so my gut is between changing up the dates, finding other comparable or nearly comparable venues, or changing the scale of what some of those shows are, that ultimately they will come to pass. Mm, but that could piss off a lot of fans because they're expecting a show in a venue, they might say, right, the only reason I'm going is it's in this venue. I love the venue. It could be an old ballpark or something like that. And now they could be sent 70 miles somewhere else. Um, the venue mightn't be as nice. Um, and they're not being offered a chance for a refund. That could that could happen, too. I think that's I would be surprised, though, if the venue actually moves, switches the location, 
I, I think people would, would, would receive, uh, would receive at least the op- have the opportunity to receive a refund in that instance. Huh. I can see how they're nonetheless unsatisfied. Like I, I live in, uh, in, in the Northeast. When I was a kid, I grew up going to see uh, baseball at Fenway Park. So whenever a, a, a band plays Fenway Park, I'm always kind of excited to see them there. And, you know, when, when a band's coming through, I'll, I'll really will make, make the extra effort to do it. If that were pushed to somewhere else, it would not be as satisfying for me personally. I do get that. Um, I think that's a sacrifice, unfortunately, that some people are going to have to make if we want to be able to see the bands at all, given the nature of this crisis, unfortunately. Hmm. What about the other scenario, Dean, where they reschedule the concert? And one of the bands on the bill, just say it's a package tour, can't play on the rescheduled date because they've already have commitments to maybe go out on their own or go out with someone else. Do you think that then that they'd off they'd be offer a refund for that? I think it depends on the nature of the act. Where are they on the bill? I think when it comes to like 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 a pure co headliner bill, that yes, you would have the opportunity for a refund. If it's the opening act on a bill with two headliners, I think it would be extremely challenging But I w- to get a refund. But I will say this, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And if somebody, when this comes to pass, somebody is really, and I, I've seen this happen from experience, if someone's really adamant about it and absolutely outraged by the nature of what's happened because they were really excited to see whatever act that it is open for these two other amazing groups in that kind of, let's say, let's say stadium setting, arena, you know, arena setting. And they push and they make it clear that this was the reason that, that he or she wanted to go. I think in many cases, in many cases, promoters are, are responsive to that. And, 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 you know, cause listen, people want to talk about, let's say the, the biggest promoters, live nation, AEG, uh, as being sort of these nameless, faceless corporations. But I know this for a fact at the heart, the people who work there are there because they're music fans. They're there because they want to work in the concert industry. And I think all of these people understand what it's like to be a fan, even if they're, you know, people who understand what it's like to be a fan working in certain respects in a corporate environment. So really, if, if someone is, is upset, is outraged, I, I do think that they can make an appeal to the the promoter in particular and should be able to receive some satisfaction in a case like that. Mm. Now, as a fan of music myself, can you give me a good reason why I should buy a concert ticket now for a show that's scheduled to happen in the next, say, three or four months that hasn't been postponed yet? Well, to my mind, the principal reason that you would do that is to support, ultimately to support the band, the band that, that you like, because, you know, bands are receiving guarantees from the, uh, you know, from the promoter who's putting on the show until they get their funds. And then you're in, in paying for the ticket. You know, you're putting your money into that ecosystem and supporting all of that. Um, but if you were, if I could understand why people would be wary of that and would rather support the band directly by, let's say, buying merch, you know, streaming some music, uh, 
some bands have have set up you know funds for themselves and their crews. So, I, frankly, I, I, if you were to if you were to really pin me down on this and say what's the best way, let's say to support an act that I really like, uh, is it should I buy a ticket for a show that let's say in July? Or should I go online and support them in some other way? Buy merch, you know, buy vinyl of that of that album that I already listened to another way. I, I might suggest that the better way to do it is to support the act directly by, um, you know, by by utilizing those other means. Hmm. I, I think you're right, Dean. But what I'd say about that is, if if you're saying like to buy. To, you know, if you can't avoid a ticket, it's not just a ticket you're buying. You're talking. It could be travel. It could be booking vacation days. It could be hotels. Um, sometimes there's a lot more expense involved than just a ticket. Well, I, I listen. I would. I then I would, honestly. If you I, so, I thought your question was, you know, convince me to do it. I would not convince you to do it. I would tell you not to. In all honesty, I would tell anyone not to. Uh, if if they're going to sink their money into travel expenses associated with live performance, I would be very wary of doing that for any show that takes place before August. Now, listen, could I be wrong? I hope I am, but I don't think so. And here's one other thing about that, and I know this is what's going on right now in the concert industry, is the concert industry in terms of thinking about when shows are going to happen or not in the United States is they're looking at the sports world. Because if you think about it, the NBA, still in theory, they have playoffs. The NHL still has playoffs. Major League Baseball, at some point, would like to start games. We're already past the point. And then even further ahead, the NFL would like to play. And so what's happening now is with all of these existing commitments in the sporting realm, concert promoters are waiting to see what's going to happen there. So I think that's a great way to judge and make a determination as to whether you somebody might want to spend money on a concert that's coming up. I'd wait until, before making any sort of commitment, wait, wait and see what happens with sports. Wait and see when, if or when, NBA starts again, NHL, MLB. And I think that really could be a good signpost as to when concerts might be starting up again and then make that financial commitment. But I would not, I, I really would discourage anyone from buying tickets, buying travel to any show. Honestly, I think September, but, but, but maybe August, if you want to be, if one wants to be optimistic about it. Mm. I hope it's earlier. I yeah. hope it's earlier. Dean, I personally think that I, this is just my opinion with so many concerts go, that are going to happen later in the year, I think they'll end up dumping the tickets on a lot of them because they'll have trouble selling them. There'll be so many, there's just so many concerts out there. You just wait until the day before the show. It is going to be very, uh, very complicated. And remember to listen, there, there, there are financial elements all the way around. I know um, somebody projected recently that if, you know, there were, there were no more major concerts, um, before the end of the year in the United States, that you know that, that would be nine billion dollars in lost in lost revenues. Uh, on the other hand, say that to somebody who's been furloughed from his or her job, and they're like, okay, well that's a luxury. 
no matter how, you know, even for people who don't view music as a luxury, like it's a part of their, their daily life, how they live and breathe is experiencing and enjoying music. Uh, even so, at the end, you know, the bottom line is for many, many folks that there are other things probably that are that that are often that that have to that have to come first, and then that makes the whole thing com- complex. But yeah, it's it's really you know I, I mean it's so easy to say, but it's absolutely true that you know this is unprecedented. I don't think there's anyone out there who really knows what's going to happen, how the industry is going to be able to absorb all of this, and how the fans are going to respond. I mean, the one thing that I would say is that once music does ramp up again, I know there are plenty of people out there, particularly some of the, you know, some of the club level acts, some of the developing emerging acts, they're going to need some support. And I'm going to do my darndest to go out and see them and support them. And I know plenty of my, you know, friends and colleagues are, are as well. I mean, that's not to take anything away from the, from the, from, you know, from the, from the top line major acts out there who too you know are going to want to go out and be able to do their thing but it's really i think hardest on uh on some of the emerging bands Hmm. i just have a two-part question to finish dean sure um how aware do you think the ticketing industry is that people are just going to be wary of going to groups concerts again with a lot of people around them um, even though they might be given the all clear, and and how do you think they're going to handle that when it comes to marketing? Right. So I do think number one, and this is in, I've been in conversations, I've been party to conversations with people. I know for a fact that everyone is conscious of that, that everyone within the industry recognizes that a lot of people are going to be wary that without a vaccine, right, for COVID nineteen, that there are going to be some people who will just not feel comfortable in going to shows. I think what they might do, at least initially in response, well, there are a few things. I think they might focus on smaller venues to begin with, right? So you have small, fewer people congregating together. I think live music might open up that way. And the other thing that I think might happen is you might just might see people limit the number of attendance. So there's more separation within rooms. So we're previously, you know, a, a venue that might hold, let's say 5,000 people they permit 2000 people initially just just to get people out just to get people into it now that doesn't solve the problem really of let's say stadium shows where the tickets have already been sold and it's already a sellout that's mm. a little more complicated yeah but i do think that that's the way i, I know for a fact that everyone's thinking about that and they're trying to determine what is the best way to get people out make them feel comfortable and be able to have this, you know, uh, the live music experience once more. Hmm. Well, Dean, it's certainly going to be interesting going forward to see what happens. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Thanks for giving me some time. Sure thing. Listen, I, and again, I, I wish everybody the best and like you, like everyone, I, I'm really eager to get out there and see some, see some music yeah. again sooner rather than later. All right, Dean, have a good rest of the day. Thank you, sir. Take care. Take care. Bye. All right. Hopefully that was uh, some informative stuff from uh, Dean and Richie about uh, maybe what we're going to have to come to expect when we finally get out of this uh, massive clusterfuck and, uh, you know, definitely be out there on the lookout for some of the stuff that's going on to help to support some of the, uh, you know, the crews and things like that that are out of work as well because of all this. And, you know, people think there's a lot of money in that part and there definitely is. And I can remember working crew and, you know, if you worked a Friday night show for some, you know, small promoter, 
you got up extremely early on that Saturday morning and your butt was in the bank trying to be the first one to cash the check because if you waited till uh, afternoon and went to cash your check from that show, chances are the money was already all gone. So, uh, you know, I, I, I can feel about how all this is going for uh, for a lot of my uh, stage crew brothers out there still, uh, still tromping the boards. And hopefully this little bonus episode also helped you get through uh, another weekend and definitely there's a lot of other shows that are out there you know you can check out the decibel geek and you can check out iron city rocks and shock waves and talking metal and mars attacks and of course the classic metal show lots of shows out there that you can check out and uh and listen to while you're closed up at home and seeking some metal content and speaking about metal content well i got you on the line next week or this week depending if you're listening to this saturday or sunday we will be talking with uh, david sanchez from havoc about their brand new one five as well as talking with mike howe from metal church about their new one off a rat pack from the vault so some more good stuff to look forward to next week right here on focus on metal but until then that's it there ain't no more stick a fork in it this bonus puppy is done so for richie myself and everybody else here at focus on metal keep trying to be safe out there and as always remember focus on metal everything else is insignificant Still here? It's over. Go home.